Now serving B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remembered the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Jeff is off this week, but I am so excited to have a very special guest and a friend with me here on tonight's show, John Hendrick of the Saints News Network at Sports Illustrated. John, you and I have known each other for a while now, so I just want to give you a few minutes to to talk to our listeners and let them know about your background and how you got started as a sports reporter, and I hope you're having a great night, and thank you again so much for coming on with us this week. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, so I'm I'm definitely uh, delighted and honored to be one of your guests on this. should be a fun time, so yeah, definitely. So if you don't know me, I'm John Hendricks. I've covered the Saints for quite a while now. Um, on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. It's Hendricks just like Jimmy, but I'm not related. So um, to give you a, a brief rundown of how I've kind of progressed and done this is so uh, I've always been a big football guy. And I know a lot of people say that, but, you know, my grandfather, he actually taped old Super Bowls. So we're talking like Super Bowl 20, the Pats and the, the Bears, with Refrigerator Perry, you know, uh, games in the the 80s and the 70s and stuff. So every time I'd go visit, um, you know, a young age, that was always what I'd gravitate towards is watching football and just the classics and such. And, you know, it just kind of injected its DNA inside of me. And so, you know, football, it's it's a passion, obviously. And um, it's crazy because I tried playing football. It didn't really work out for me. I played hockey for about 20 years. So that's, that's what ended up taking me. And, and yes, hockey in South Louisiana, that's a, that's a different story for probably another day. But um, at any rate, you know, with football, it, it just kind of grew on me and I grew up watching football. Um, and, you know, I've been in South Louisiana since uh, right after Hurricane Andrew in 92. And obviously I've watched the Saints a long time. I'm very familiar with everything that's going on. But, you know, every time that I would get together with my buddies as I got older, you know, I was pretty much a walking encyclopedia of football knowledge. So I guess uh, respectfully as a rain man uh, of football. So you asked me who was the starting lineup for the 93 Cowboys. I probably could tell you or the 93 49ers or the 93 Saints and stuff like that. It's just I have that type of knowledge and, and it's just, that's what was instilled in me and, you know, get our buddies together and we watch a lot of football and uh, obviously a lot of saints. And, you know, some people just kind of ask me, he's like, man, you got a lot to say and it seems like you have a pretty good opinion on it. You know, maybe you should start looking at, at doing a blog. So it was right after the, uh, the painful 2011 uh, playoff loss to the 49ers that I, I started writing. Um, you picked and, a great time. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, it was it was crazy. It was um, obviously the most heartbreaking loss, and it still is. I know other people feel the certain way about Minneapolis Miracle and the no call, but you know, for me, that was that was the year. I mean, that should have been Super Bowl ring number two. 
and the team was just so talented on offense. Their defense did good things, but, you know, 49ers, Alex Smith, all that stuff, right? And so I started an independent blog. It was a Google blog spot. Um, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it's called First and Five. Uh, I actually did that for for a little bit of time, just writing a few things here and there. And, you know, obviously the events of Bounty Gate came in and all this other stuff. Of course, it's alleged Bounty Gate. Let's put asterisks behind it. Um, but, you know, I, I started doing that. And then where I was working at, I was working at a bank at the time. And a buddy that I worked with, he's like, man, you know, I've read some of your stuff. It looks like you like to write about stuff. Um, you know, we got this thing called Who Dat Dish, which is by fan sided. And, um, you know, you, I'll get you in touch with the, the editor and let's, let's talk and, and such. So I joined and it was, I was there maybe a couple months and then suddenly I became a co-managing editor. And then I was, had the site all by myself. Um, I was there for roughly a little bit over three years. Um, and, you know, during that time, it just doors started opening and things got better. You know, I was invited to a couple of events and, uh, you know, got to talk one-on-one -on -one with Jonathan Vilma was one of the highlights I had. And just, you know, coming off is, is trying to be a, a guy. It's not saying, hey, this is a voice of a fan. This is coming in somebody who's going to take a, a really unbiased approach to things. And, you know, you can be critical. You can be praised uh, in, in it. And, you know, through that, and I tried to get better at, at writing. And, um, you know, because I'll be at first to admit that, you know, I didn't go to college for this stuff. Right. And, um, Nick Underhill is a great example. He never went to college for what he does. He's, and he's incredible. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. He's, he's the best. He's definitely the best for sure. Um, and I looked up to him and admire him a lot, but you know, it, it's one of those that, you know, back a few years ago when I was doing that, you know, I'll never forget. I ran into, um, Ramon Antonio Vargas. He's, he's, was with the advocate then doing the Saints beat. Um, and, you know, now he's, he's Times Picayune advocate, you know, whatever you want to call it these days. I, I try to keep up, but he does a fantastic job with the crime stuff um, right now and just different things on that angle. Um, but, you know, he, he, we talked at one of the events and he's like, look, man, what, what you're doing? I mean, this, this is the future. And I think this was like 2014 maybe. And, you know, he's like, this is a future just because of things are going online. And, you know, um, when I started, when I was coming up, you know, the online, the blogger title, the blogger space was just not something that you respect because what, what happened was most bloggers would come off as a very biased fan person or a fanboy, all this other stuff. And, you know, for me, I tried to change that. I tried to make sure that, you know, this isn't, this isn't coming from a fan. This is coming from somebody who can look at things, who's pretty knowledgeable about football and is going to, you know, offer up his opinion. And, you know, um, you make mistakes, you make uh, good things, bad things, uh, bad choices, all this good stuff. But, you know, it's just all a learning experience in, at the end of the day. So um, I say all that to say that, you know, I was with Who Dat Dish for a long time. It opened up doors. I got on radio sometimes just, talk about my 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 stance when asked about questions about the team and you know my coverage back then was a little bit limited obviously than what it is now and um but you know got on tv a little bit and you know guys like eric asher scott alexander um you know gus cattengill these are guys that you know i i if you know new orleans you know these guys right and so um just coming up it was really nice for them to take a chance on a guy like me and um 
they they just really helped me out and you know it was just along the way and so I, I stayed with Fansided a long time and then uh I ended up taking over I was asked to take over SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles um Dave Carrillo he he's owns a two-lane shop in New Orleans he's uh he approached me and he asked me about things and and um, you know, it was, he didn't want to just hand it off to just anybody. And, and I was obviously touched and flattered that he would come seek me out and he got me at the right time. And so I jumped over there about, I think it was August, 2016. And I was there, um, for a few years. And in between that time, uh, until I officially left at the end of December, uh, of, of 2019, well, pretty much just, yeah, 2019, December, I had so much, so many different things um you know i got a chance to to obviously get credentialed um i ended up updating a book that was wrote yeah by, i remember know, that was a very very big year for you yeah it's crazy i mean i got to help me you know it was a, a it was jeff duncan and and, and the, the forward was by pete finney so it was a uh, tales from the new orleans saints sideline and i updated everything from 2000 let's see 2000 a little bit after bounty gate until until 2018, I think is what it was, um, which that was something, you know, a lot of people just sought me out. And, you know, the thing is, what I'll tell you is, um, you know, I'm a pretty, very straightforward, honest, humble guy. I, I don't, I don't try to say no to anything. I'm anybody that asks, you know, I was on a couple of weeks ago with these guys that were really just kind of starting a podcast and, you know, big fanboys. And I just was like, you know, I want to be encouraging that because there are a lot of people that are very informed that that can do great things in this type of space and you know obviously i've been fortunate and and blessed in what i do and so i always like to try to pay it forward and, and do that with other people's you know and i mean just trying to make myself available and you know thankfully i have a very understanding family and wife that that helps me do a lot of this stuff but you know but during that time with canal street um you know i couldn't tell you it's going to be all sunshine roses and daisies you know i didn't there was a time i thought about walking away I remember because, that know, I figure... we, we, talk, we talked about that a lot. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I've always been a supporter. I think your work is incredible. And I love the fact that you're so down to earth and honest and real. I mean, like you're, you know, the, the thing, in, in especially in a lot of with sports media people, they, they want to be fans of the team. So they're, they're not critical. They're not honest about, you know, what it is. And the truth is as a Saints fan, we've had some up and down years. It's been rough for us at times. And, you know, I, I'm a fan, but I'm also, you know, I'm a realist too. And I, and, and I will call it like it is, you know, we screw up. I'll be the first one to say it. And that was one of the things I always admired about your work is that, you know, you weren't afraid to, to put it out there. You know, if there was mistakes to be made, you didn't sugarcoat it. You know, and that yeah. always that always impressed me from my background. You know, when when I was writing years ago, that that is important in this market. That is something that's been missing: is that down to earth, real honesty. You don't sugarcoat it. You know, don't put it out there just you know so people will you know, think everything is sunshine and roses because that's not the real world. We don't live in that. Yeah. especially in sports, especially as a Saints fan, really, you know, for any team, they're going to have their ups and downs. But we we've had it rough the last you know six or seven years. Yeah, yeah, and look, I remember, you know, when when they went seven and nine the first season, um, and the next season and everything. You know, I was one of the guys that that was adamant about defending Sean Payton, and I think me and you had those talks. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I said Payton needs to stay, but his his assistants have to go. Bill yes. Johnson, Joe Vitt, you know, I mean, God bless them for what they did for the organization and and all this other stuff. But you know, but loyalty only point. goes so far. <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. And it was just a sign of the times that needed to change. And, you know, again, those guys are instrumental in, in bringing a Super Bowl to, to New Orleans. And, you know, just it reaches a point and you look back at things like, you know, linebackers the Saints have drafted. None of them ever panned out. And I think that's because Joe Bitt, I mean, he says a certain type of football. And, you know, if you look through some of the history, Saints will usually go to free agency to get their guys. And when they do it in the draft, it was just horrendous because they couldn't develop anybody. And, you know, naturally that changed a lot when Mike Nolan came on the scene and Michael Hodges, I think is going to do a fantastic job for some of the other guys that are coming in. But, you know, it's just part of that is some of the examples is look, Hey, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, I thought Peyton was great. And just even this past off season, you know, people talking about Drew Brees not being, you know, it's time to move on. We got to go with Teddy Bridgewater, all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, you know, you got to think about it. It's like, he gives this team the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So it, it's just those types of things where it's, I get it. And, and trust me, Saints fans, it doesn't matter what, who it is. There are extremely knowledgeable and passionate Saints fans very, know what they're talking very, about. Very, very. And I, ha- I have friends all over the country that are fans of teams all over the country. We, and they'll be the first to tell you, you know, I love my team, but dang, y'all are passionate in New Orleans. And we are, I mean, it's cause it's, it's a lot, it's about so much more than football here. And I think people in other areas don't realize that what this team has done for the city, the community outside of what they do on the field every Sunday so yeah, we do. We're, we're very passionate fans, but I mean, like me personally, like I said, I'm a realist. I was with you. You know, a lot of people were saying, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, we need to do what we can to get him to stay here and, and, you know, let Drew go or, or, or you know, just look at other options. And, and I felt like you did too. I mean, you, you want to win today. You, you don't play for the, what's going to happen two to three seasons from now. You play to win today and Drew gives us the best chance to win. And I, you know, I, I hated to see Teddy leave. I wish him the best of luck, except on when we play him twice a year. But I mean, that was a hard, that was a hard thing to see because I mean, he came in at a time when, you know, Saint, everybody pretty much wrote us off after Drew's yeah. injury. And they yeah, said, you know, that's, that's it. And then to, to not only, you know, win one or two games, you're thinking, okay, well, man, if we can just get through this, you know, the, the stretch of him recovering and it be, you know, we win half the games, that's, that's doing good to go in and basically, you know, be undefeated. It was like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I never will forget. Cause you know, I was in LA for that game and, um, you know, it was a little bit different because we didn't get to see really the locker room, right? They they brought people out to us to talk um, for interviews. But, you know, I mean, you could just tell, I mean, when Drew was talking, falling an injury, injury that how, how dejected people were. And, you know, I mean, obviously everybody rallied around Teddy and that was the great, great sign, right? But, you know, you could just feel the pin drop is like, man, and even Saints fans were like, man, the inevitable, you know, it, we've been lucky and fortunate a whole entire career with Breeze and, you know, something like this happens, then you're suddenly panic and you think, mm-hmm. oh man, we're going to get a glimpse of those late 90s Saints teams that were just absolutely horrendous under Ditka and, you know, and such and, and quarterback carousel and just embarrassing it was a rough week it was a really rough (laughs) rough week my phone was blowing up after the game I you know I'm always on social media and I hated to even to get on because people literally like wrote us off they were like you know we're just done for the season and you know I I was concerned I'm not gonna lie I was I mean we just there was too much uncertainty too many questions but I said let's just see what happens 
You know, I mean, yeah. we, we just, we don't know what's going to happen. And I, I don't like that in life. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, just kind of go with the flow and, and, and hope and pray for the best. And it worked out and, and it actually worked out for everybody. I mean, now Teddy's a starter. He earned that right. You know, Drew's here for possibly two seasons, which I, I have that question for you later on in the show is what you think is going to happen with that. But, you know, it, it, for all parties involved, it worked out. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously the end of the season, we would have hoped for a better outcome, but I mean, at that point in time, that, that time when, when Drew was injured, we couldn't have had a better outcome. We really couldn't have. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I, I was at every game last year and such. So just seeing this team and how they, they came out against Seattle was just incredible. I mean, I just did not expect it. And, you know, and it's always been tough playing up in Seattle for the saints. And you think back to yes. playoff games and stuff like that. And it's just, Oh man, here comes the Seattle team who who's really, you know, pretty good. And as long as they have Russell Wilson, they're always going to be in it. Yeah, right? And they're and catching so, us at a vulnerable time. Exactly. So I was thinking, man, this is going to be a game where it's really going to be hard. And, you know, that's just, that's the difference between, you know, the teams from 2014 to 2016 versus the teams that started really turning the corner in 2017. And, and I really think it started in 2016 when they fired, you know, Rob Ryan and got rid of him and, brought in Dennis Allen as that senior defensive assistant and, and such, um, you know, I just feel like it might've been, and I might have my years mixed up or something along that lines. I, I, I can't remember offhand, but um, there's always so much stuff that comes up, but you know, at any rate, that was really the turning point for a lot of things. And I think it was 2015, the game against Washington. That was, that was the one that, that really just sealed Allen's, I mean, sealed Rob Ryan's fate, but um you know, I say all that just because, you know, I didn't expect this team to come out and perform the way they did. And, you know, it, they just, I mean, Deontay Harris got it started and then they have other things and Von Bell gets the touchdown. I mean, they just, they did everything they could to, to make it easy on Teddy Bridgewater. And, and, you know, I mean, it, we, it was just a, a, a great thing to see in the locker room. And yes. And Seattle, like you said, is a tough room. place to play. I mean, they're fans. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, it, and it was a close game, but I mean, we won and it's just, you know, you're looking back at it now. You're just like, man, what did we accomplish? Cause like you said, literally everybody wrote us off ever. I mean, yeah. I remember turning on the television that Monday morning in every show, you know, is this the end of the Saints season? You know, is, is, is this it? What's going to happen? And then, of course, they bring up the, you know, is Drew Brees going to retire? You know, wh where? And so it's like, okay, we're trying to process just the fact that our quarterback, you know, is out for a couple of weeks with this injury. And then now you're, you know, you're basically retiring him off into the sunset. And we don't even, we're not even like a couple of games into the season. Like, really? <laughs> so wow. it was hard. It was, it was, it was hard. Like I said, it was hard those couple of days because like everybody wrote us off. It was doom and gloom. We didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, now here we are. And obviously Teddy's gone, you know, signed his deal. So that leads me to to my next question is, what do you think is going to happen with Drew? Is he going to play two years with us? Or do you think this is his final year? I mean, realistically, I feel like this is a two-year window. I think this is where I'm, where, where I'm leaning to now is I, I do believe this could be his last season, but it wouldn't be surprising to see him come back um, for next season. And, and, you know, it just depends on how things play out. You know, I, I think um, – Drew's a guy when you talk to him when you see him I mean he's he loves his teammates and again you know most people are like well yeah of course he's he plays with them but that's that's not always the case with some of these players and you know some of these are these me first people me first attitude and it's all about me my money in my pocket blah 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 mm -hmm. and all this other stuff and you know Drew just has an affinity to care for these guys you know I remember Taysom Hill talking uh 
you know, not that long ago and talking about how much admiration he had for Drew and just the type of guy he is and said, look, when he first came over, picked up from, from waivers from the Packers, you know, um, so people were giving him a hard time Taysom, you know, obviously giving the rookie treatment and Drew was one of the guys who kind of stepped in and not saying, Hey, you know, it was anything bad, but you know, he's, he just basically pointed out that said, Hey, um, you know, this guy is here, he's going to work and took him under his wing and, and just kind of helped, um, helped taste him out a lot more than, than people realize. So it's, it's just speaks to his character. And I mean, everybody knows how, how impactful he is in the community, how beloved he is in the community and a lot of things that happen. And of course, you know, um, I, I feel again, he's gives the saints the best chance to win a super bowl. Um, it would be nothing, nothing more satisfying to see him ride off into the sunset with another Lombardi ring because of all the slight he gets, you know, when you talk about the top quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers making the all decades team, I mean, yes, the, this is, this is how it, how it needs to, to finish for him. Yes. And he, he deserves it. He's such a good guy. He's never spoken out. He's never won an MVP. I mean, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, both in our division win MVP before Drew. Drew breaks these records that have been held for years. You know, you never hear him ever once speak out about it in the media. I mean, he just goes and gives his all on the field day in and day out. You know, you see him out and about in the community. He's been, you know, doing so many things for um, COVID relief with this pandemic. But I mean, just like last year during the season, I mean, you you catch him, you know, during during off days, you know, and he's out doing things for his charity and, and meeting with people. He's just such a great classy guy on and off the field and it you know as a saints fan as you know somebody who loves her city and her community you know it, it really makes me sad to see that he hasn't had that you know respect and admiration from from people you know like you said with with the top 100 i mean aaron Rodgers, really like <laughs> and then you see what's going on with the packers right now with their draft situation when they drafted Jordan Love and all the controversy with that and it you know it's basically been all over the news other than the the Tom Brady you know, Buccaneers thing, but I mean, that's, that's all they've been talking about. Have we ever had any of that here or even an, you know, like an inkling of it happened when we signed Teddy, we signed Taysom, you know, we drafted a quarterback, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago, it's just, it's, it, you don't hear that here. It doesn't, we don't have that kind of, you know, off the field drama going on. And I mean, that's just, it speaks to the type of the guy Drew is. He's never would ever say ba- anything bad about his team or his city you know, he generally, we love him. He loves it here. You know, he just, he deserves that second ring. He deserves that fairy tale story of riding off in the sunset, you know, with a second ring, a second Lombardi and retiring. I mean, especially after the last couple of seasons, the way things have ended, yeah. it's, it's, it's been difficult to swallow that as a fan. I cannot imagine as a player, you know, your blood, sweat and tears for basically almost the entire year to prep for a season for it to end in such a heartbreaking fashion, the way that it did. So he deserves that, you know, and and, I mean, there's not a lot of players, you know, that I can say, because I am a football fan. So I do follow, you know, other teams. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in this league that I can sit there and say, you know, hey, they're all around, you know, they they deserve it, that they've been through the adversity that we have, you know, that Drew has had over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, and look, you know, the thing is, and again, it's it's just that narrative, and Drew's a competitor. Everybody knows that, and if you yes. don't know it, you should know it. But, you know, I think, I mean, think about it. He was too short. He's too short of a quarterback to play. I mean, he's not supposed to the prototypical quarterback. I mean, that's the one thing. And I remember at the end of 2018, everybody's like, man, he just did not play well and all this other stuff. And then, you know, everybody wanted to blast him and say that was the problem and such. But, you know, last year – 
he was on fire yeah. the, down the stretch and nobody wanted to talk about no that. led the league led the league in completion percentages i mean and, but no, nobody said anything about it yeah six <laughs> touchdown game against the 49ers i mean you know nobody wants to talk about that stuff but you know i i think especially because i always joked about it because I think it might have been what 20 when they first went seven and nine, maybe 2014, 2015, everybody started this, this Drew Brees in decline. Like, I mean, he's been in decline for six years or six seasons. That's a long, that's a long decline. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's because they went seven and nine and, you know, I mean, Brees, obviously he put the team on his back a lot and we know a lot of times knuckleheads that were in that locker room that really didn't, didn't support the vision and, you know, things kind of got really bad there for New Orleans for a while and, you know, moves that they made in free agency didn't pan out. But, you know, you knew as long as you had Drew Brees on your roster, you were good to win at least, you know, five or six games by himself. Um, How many games over the last, you know, uh, the last 10 years has he pulled us out of holes and made comebacks and, and late in the game. How many times? I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I know it's a lot. I, I couldn't, you know, figure a number, but I mean, just, we all know that. I mean, there's not yeah. many quarterbacks that you can count on, you know, in the fourth quarter to come back like that. And he's, like yeah. you said, he's carried this team on his back many times. And it drives me insane. You know, like I said, if, you know, he has a bad game and it's just, you know, it's back to that old, you know, well, he's declining. Well, man, we've been hearing that story for six years. He wasn't supposed to come back from his shoulder injury. I mean, yeah. I think, I think every single day for Miami for passing up on him and Nick Saban, exactly. you know, for, for, for not signing him and him coming here because him and Sean Payton are one of the best quarterback coach duos ever. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, and look, I think when you look at him too, it's just that, you know, case in point, what you're talking about. I mean, the game that sticks out to me, the game, probably my most favorite game I've ever been in attendance was the, the Redskins comeback in 2017. I mean, that game, that game did not go well, obviously. I mean, it is Kirk Cousins coming in there and this, the Redskins are beating up on the Saints. And, you know, I mean, you look, here it is that Drew Brees and, and team are down a lot and with only, you know, not that long to play the winning streaks in jeopardy. And then all of a sudden here comes Drew Brees. He's just coming out on fire and, and, you know, Kobe Fleener, that was probably his best claim to fame and, you know, being able to help pilot that comeback and stuff and, and just do things that, that just, you know, in the past, New Orleans would get that close and they wouldn't be able to finish, right? Because the defense would hang up or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, kind of like with the Texans game, the first game of the season last year, except, you know, the Saints ended up winning. Usually it goes the other way around, um, you know, but again, Drew's superhuman in my opinion. He just does so many different things that just keep this team. And this team has had that, you know, no quit attitude for, for the last couple of seasons. That's one thing I can say, you know, we've lost some games, but I mean, they've never quit. They've, they had that never say die. They're going to play to literally the, clock strikes zero and unfortunately you know years ago we couldn't say that you know you could see it you know that it was just yeah. we're down and we're not coming back but i mean 2014 yeah and we Bengals, just Bengals game they just quit and, they quit and to go those three seasons you know back to back seven and nine that 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 was rough that was you know mm-hmm. that that was a rough time as a saints fan especially because you know you know we had the talent it was there like i feel like you about 2011 that should have been our second ring yeah. You know, we, we should have technically had three at this point, 
but you yeah. know, when you know the talent's there and you know, you, you, this, this team is capable of so much more, you just want to see it. And, you know, for, for all, you know, purposes sitting here talking about it, you know, they're doing it, they're doing it on the field. I mean, every week they, they go out there and they play to the very end. And, you know, that's the thing I always said, if we lose the game, that's, that's one, you know, it hurts, it sucks. But I mean, Hey, as long as they play, they play to win. That's all I want. You know, yep. I, I want them to play to win and know that they gave it their all and, and, and not to quit in them. Cause I, that's happened with many teams. I mean, we, you know, we could talk about uh, Jay Cutler when, when he played, you know, years ago, you know, we sitting mm-hmm. on the sidelines and I, I was like, man, I'm, we'd never see Drew Brees do that. Never see yeah. him. Exactly. Yeah. You pretty much have to yank him out of the game is what would happen. And, you know, it's crazy because you, you mentioned some of those old teams, but like, you know, from those three years, they just they couldn't get off to a good start. And then, you know, in all those seven and nine seasons, right, even 2012, they battled back from a hole, but they could just never get over that hump. They would always get to 500, get close, and then just things just went unravel on them. And, and you know, it's obviously frustrating. You know, thankfully, we're past some of those times. And um, But still looking at this team and watching how they've just grown and matured, and players have seen, you know, just about anything. I, I mean, again, guys like Cam Jordan, or Jordan, and, and Thomas Morstead, and and Drew himself, and others. You know, it's just crazy to me how much they've actually seen in their time being with the Saints. I mean, seeing the ups, the downs, the the crazy finishes. It's just, I mean, it's just insane to think. I mean, when people talk about Saints football being heart attack kids and cardiac, get your cardiac medicines kids. and stuff. I mean, <laughs> This is this is the stuff that happens. I mean, it's and yet we I, love it. Yet we love it. We're there every single Sunday, <laughs> and you know we love it. I mean, we do. I mean, I, I can't. I I like the games where we're you know a couple of scores ahead towards the end. But you know that those last fin, last minute last finish uh, finishing seconds where you know it comes down to one last play and it's like you know you just know you're like okay we we're, we're gonna get this you know drew drew's still in we don't have to worry you know it's like it but it, it is it's like, you know as a saints fan they're cardiac kids i mean we see the memes and the jokes and everything that goes on online with those games and everybody says that they're like man can't they just you know lock it up by like the third quarter <laughs> but you know those those are the games that are exciting i mean we talk about we talk about other games all the time online and when it comes down to last 10 minutes, you know, or last play, it's exciting. I mean, I don't, I don't want it for my team all the time, but I mean, it, it, it's just, it is. I mean, one of the biggest Super Bowls ever was, you know, uh, we all talk about it as Saints fans, you know, it was when Atlanta played New England in the Super Bowl. They had it all locked up. I mean, literally, like, I think the percentage was, what was it, like 80-something percent for them to win that game. And then Brady just launched a comeback that you just won't, probably never see again in the Super Bowl. And it was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was closer. It was like 99 or 98. I was some, some high nineties on that game. Okay. I thought it was and like 80 something. I'm sorry. I was wrong about was, that. No, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> Look, everything's important when you're talking about context with the Falcons, just to make them understand how big of a lead and how monumental of a lead they they surrendered. They're in the game. record books. I mean, that's no matter what happens in the future, you, that, that game will never be erased. It will never be taken away. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. so we've talked about last couple of seasons. I want to dive into this season and the schedule and what your thoughts are on it. I mean, we are playing some phenomenal teams this year. And I mean, right out the, right out the gate, we've got Brady and the Bucks. I mean, who would have ever said those two words together? Yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm with you. And again, I, everybody I tell it's, it's, 
the the Buccaneers are this year's Cleveland Browns, and I mean, this is just this is what we have to expect. I mean, they went from one primetime game last year; they got five this year. I mean, that's the Tom Brady effect, and and you know. I would say that, you know, if this was Tom Brady and Robert Gronkowski from four or five years ago, I'd be a lot more worried. But, you know, I mean, again, you've seen marquee – if you follow football, you've seen some of these marquee players that just go on to these other teams, and it's it's definitely not the same outcome. You know, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't have his greatest football in Denver. I mean, he was, he was good. I mean, he was great. Huge reason they got a Super Bowl was because of him. But, you know – he he showed his you know down decline if you will and I, Brett Favre I mean he jumped around a lot of teams and I mean he kind of had some of his down moments too but you know again talking about the the schedule um, you know Tampa is going to be everybody's going to drink the Kool Aid and say the Buccaneers are going to be the favorite they're going to be the one to beat but you know New Orleans has won it three straight years I mean there's something that goes into that but obviously you're going to be able to find out week one, presumably, you know, hopefully we get past all this, this coronavirus craziness. And, um, you know, cause what would happen is they would shift kind of like that first month of play to the back end. Uh, if, if we can't, you know, make it work. Man, by and, September. And, and, and after I read that, I said, man, that's going to be crazy because he's going to have more time to learn the system. I mean, we're getting him, we're getting him week one, but I mean, if they shift those first couple of games to the end of the season, you know, no, let's, I don't want that. (laughs) Cause I I think we're going to catch them, you know, at at the perfect time. I mean, number one, we're playing at home, you know, we're opening the season and he's not going to have time. You know, he's, he, he was part of that Belichick system. That's what he's known. So he's got to, to adapt to, you know, a new city, new teammates, chem- get chemistry. That's just something that it just doesn't happen overnight. And especially with everything going on right now, you know, this is the time where, you know, they, they normally would be doing the OTAs and everything's virtual. So yeah, they're, they're meeting and stuff, but they're not on the field. You know, like we know Drew is the first person in the, in the facility and the last person to leave. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, for, for, somebody in a new quarterback with a new system, new coach, having to learn that. And especially with everything else given on, I think us catching them week one, especially be like I said, being home, you know, we've got that game. I mean, then we have to go on the road, Las Vegas, new stadium, which saints fans are ecstatic about this game. I mean, it's the premier ticket right now that I saw earlier today. I mean, that's the, the, the trips are booked and you know, everybody's ready for that game. And yeah, it's yeah. and it's prime time and we do well in prime time. That's, I mean, it's going to be exciting, but I mean, man, we, you know, we bounce back and forth. We've got, you know, uh, Packers at home. We got the Lions on the road. We got an early bye week. Then we've got, you know, we're, we're playing the 49ers. We have three road games and then we come home to play the chiefs, Super Bowl champions. And then a couple of days later we play the Vikings. So, you know, everybody's like, Oh man, the saints relatively had an easy schedule when they were start talking about it a couple months ago. I'm like, this is not an easy schedule. I, not by not by me looking at it the way I'm you know and um analyzing it it's, it's not a it's not easy a schedule I mean I don't yeah and I thought the same thing last year I mean I looked at the schedule I'm like you know September was brutal because they were playing playoff teams I mean it was you open the season Houston was no sleeper team um then you had Los Angeles the rematch against the Rams then you had the the, the Seahawks and the Cowboys and you know the whole time you're thinking man if they could just split this at two and two 
this would be okay and we'd, we'd be all right. But, you know, for them to come out three and one after that, I mean, you know, strength of schedule because the Saints, I think, are 24th lowest uh, on the totem pole this That's, year. And I, I remember the days – yeah, and I'm not even trying to cut you off, but, like, I remember the days where they had the easiest strength of schedule and the, they still went seven and nine. So I don't buy – a lot of that strength schedule stuff, but you know, it, and that's, and that's, how, and that's what I was going to say. That's exactly how I feel. Cause I mean, there's just looking at this and the teams that we're playing and the way, you know, we're, I mean, do, do I think we're going to win the division again? Yes, I do. I mean, we have a lot of talent, not much has changed and this team is still hungry. They want that second championship. They know the window is closing. So, you know, we have two years, you know, if Drew, if Drew plays the, his, his, his two years in his contract. So, they're hungry. You know, the fans want it. I mean, they're going to show up, you know, every Sunday, if we can, like you said, and be there and support this team. And I mean, the dome is loud. It is an insane place. So, you know, there's been times I've been in there, I had to put earplugs in my ear and I sit on the lower level of the plaza. So, you know, how, you know, you being in the Mm -hmm. dome, how that, that noise, you know, shifts everywhere. And it's just that lower level. I mean, it is loud. My section doesn't sit, you know, they are rowdy. They're crazy. So the, the team feeds off of that. We feed off of them. I mean, you see the players on the sidelines, especially Mike Thomas, he's up there raising his hands, you know, trying to get the crowd in. I mean, there's no place like it. It's such a fun environment. I'm so proud to be a season ticket holder. But, I mean, I love being in the dome, you know, for, for our games. But it's just, I mean, we're hungry. We want, we want a second ring. You know, everybody on that team deserves it. And, you know, we, we've been so close and we're right there. So I do feel like we're going to win the division. My prediction for the season this year, after looking at the schedule, I'm thinking like 12 and four, 11 and five. So I don't know what what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I'd say 12 and four is probably what I'd look at. Um, I think the ceiling is 13. And, you know, you got to keep in mind that there's only one bye week this year and you add another playoff team to the mix. And, and you know, I, I still look at the roster. I mean, the roster, again, I think it's one of the most complete in the NFL, top to bottom. Um, love what they did in free agency, prioritizing, keeping their own. I love what they did in the draft and, and just the fact that they got so many people coming back and, and that makes it easier when, you know, times like this where you're not meeting and you're not doing a lot of stuff and the players now that they've got a lot of self-discipline. So, you know, I think there's going to be some bumps, you know, games on that schedule that, you know, could pose a problem, you know, playing in Detroit um, is, is a challenge and Broncos at Denver and, and uh, the, you know, right after Thanksgiving is not going to be easy. They, you know, Sean Payton's never beat the Broncos in his time with the Saints. Um, so, you know, things like that to remember and that it's been a long time since they've won against the Broncos and you know stuff like that. But, you know, I look at all the home games and obviously, you know, with the Chiefs and the Vikings and, obviously with the Packers and, and all these other teams that are coming in, you know, what I think is, is going to be huge. And, and this is why ultimately you want, you know, everything to get back to normal to have fans in the stands is, I mean, the Saints worked really hard to identify the, the people who would just buy tickets, season tickets, just to resell them. And so now it's going to make it more affordable for Saints fans to, to be able to get into the dome and you're not going to have a situation where you have uh, like uh, almost half 49er fans, you know, in the Superdome, right? And the sea of I red. think it's going to be huge, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and it's still loud in there, but I don't think they've tapped where they could potentially be. I don't think it's as loud as it, it can be. Um, you know, I still think there's there's room to grow there and it'll be so interesting. But, you know, I say all that just the fact that I think they're still one of the best teams at home. 
I still think that they can go on the road and beat a lot of these teams. Um, you know, they're going to hit their bumps and bruises. Hopefully it's more earlier in the season and not late in the season when you want to play some of your best football. But again, 12 and four is what I think uh, 13 uh, wins and maybe 14 just depends on how things go. But, you know, 12 or 13 sounds about right for this team. And which, which road game are you looking forward to attending the most? Well, I tell you, I mean, Las Vegas, obviously I've been there and everybody knows it's, it's party city versus meeting party city. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be a very cool atmosphere. September weather over there is pretty good. Um, you know, I think that's the first one that stands out to me. I'm looking forward to Denver. I've never been to Colorado. I think it's going to be pretty weather. Um, you know, I think the Philadelphia game will be really cool. I've been to Atlanta, I've been to Carolina, I've been to Chicago. I was there last year. Tampa Bay is always nice. So, look, I, I, I mean, there's so many games on here that look good. Um, you know, you make a case for just about every one of them except for maybe week 17 at the Panthers, you know, the big obligatory way to close out the year, right? Yeah, and so, it's a be- but it is, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's very nice. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it but I would love is. to just see a different, some, someone else for us to close out the season. Yeah, I mean, and it's crazy. It feels, it feels because, like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's, it's nuts because, you know, they'll play the Falcons in week 11 and week 13. And so they could, I mean, they could be in a position to have the division wrapped up uh early like they did maybe not by thanksgiving like they did last year but you know you play tampa twice you play the panthers and you play the falcons you know two out of three weeks you could see them really you know wrap up the vision again if all things go well um and and then you might look at trying to play for that first round bye yeah and saints fans travel so well you know that second game which is at atlanta i mean it's basically a home game for us yeah even the tampa games in the past have been kind of home games (laughs) There's a sea of black and gold that sits behind the Saints, um, Saints sideline and all around the stadium. But I think this year that's going to change for sure. I think, you know, with, with Brady signing and, and, you know, I mean, I think they said his, his jersey was like the top selling jersey. I saw yeah. that today. This So far, so I mean, I think, I think fans will come out and, and, and support them, you know, hoping that if things are going to change there. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We just don't know. I mean – you know, Brady's a competitor, and I don't know his reasons for choosing Tampa, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I honestly think that we're going to take the division. I mean, they may come in second. I really, we, we just don't know. We, we, you know, where, how's Teddy going to do? And, uh, and, and of course, you know, the factor is, is, is Atlanta because we just, we just don't know what's going to happen with them. They're, they're, they're the wild card. I mean, I, I, they haven't really made any big splashes in the offseason so far, so I think you know, we're looking at them at the, the bottom, at least, at least like I hope so. I, at, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I'm a Saints fan. I think we're going to take it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this schedule this year. And there, you know, there's some, some great teams that we're playing and uh, the, the Chiefs and Mahomes and Brady, you know, Breeze, it's a comparison for years, people have been wanting us to, to have that matchup in the Super Bowl, And obviously we're not going to have it now, but who's our biggest threat? do you think in the NFC as a whole, not NFC South, just in a, in a whole, who do you think you could see us playing down a stretch in an NFC championship game? Well, see, I, first of all, I mean, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, San Francisco to me, I know that they're the favorites, they're the defending NFC champions, but you know, they've lost some pieces in the off season and, you know, I'm just not convinced um, with them the way they've lost the Super Bowl and, and things that have happened. You know, I, again, I don't, I don't know if you say that they're the favorite in the NFC or the ones that were legitimately challenged. Um, Seattle is going to be better. 
you know, Arizona is going to be improved. Uh, Los Angeles seems kind of like they're at the bottom of the rung now. Right. And so looking at that, you know, I, I think Seattle's a team to watch out for and green Bay. I have question marks on them, you know, same thing with Minnesota, uh, you know, no Stefan Diggs. obviously they got Justin Jefferson and, and other talent there, but you know, question marks there, but I think might be Dallas if they can ever put things together. I with think Dak. that's where you look at. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's Seattle and Dallas is who I would say. You know, um, I think there's plenty of sleeper teams, but it just depends because, you know, it's not how you, you start. It's it's always how you finish. And, of course, that's a cliche. But, you know, I remember when the Panthers started 6-2. and two. I remember when the Vikings started like 6-0 and oh and they missed the playoffs, you know, years ago. And so – you want to play your best football down the stretch and you know a team like Atlanta it's it's crazy because you know you want to make fun and you like you kind of revel in some of their misfortune if you will but you know nobody saw that team as talented as they are on offense going starting the season so horrendous and and just um you know just that's just football and, and year over year it's coaching it's all the things that go into it game plan execution I mean so Look, San Francisco is going to have a, a big task on their hands. Again, I say it with all sincerity that I believe New Orleans is the team to beat um, with with Seattle and Dallas probably is the legitimate threats. But, again, I guess you can't really dismiss San Francisco as defending Super Bowl champions. But, I, I mean, defending, excuse me, NFC champions. Championships. Um, right, correct. But, you know, they still have a lot to uh, to figure out. Yeah. And, you know, one of their key losses this year was Emmanuel Sanders. I, you know, that was my push. That was my, one of my wish list free agents for us to sign for, you know, second wide receiver, which we got. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I know he wasn't there long, but you know, to me, that that's, that's a puzzle piece that we really needed and they lost. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of people were, were inquiring, you know, with some other free agent players, you know, were out there wide receivers. And, you know, I was like, no, I, that's, that's who I think we need. We need a veteran. We need somebody to come in. I mean, you know, Champagne has been a mastermind at finding people in the draft, those, those hidden gems, you know, over the years, you know, even players that weren't even drafted that came in here and, you know, cause Drew has such talent. I mean, he literally makes them superstars, but I mean, we needed that solid wide receiver and not that a veteran, somebody come in the locker room and has experience and help mentor these guys. So, you know, I was excited. And the fact that, you know, like I said, he came from the Niners, I was one little less weapon that they had. So, you know, I was happy about that, you know, cause I'm still, like I said, you know, I'm angry, you know, or, or I feel like, you know, with that game back in 11 and then last season and with the Rams, they're the ones, I, and I, I completely dismiss the Rams totally. Cause I just feel like, you know, they, it's, it's very hard to overcome what happens in the Super Bowl when you lose like that. We saw it happen with the Panthers. We saw it happen with Atlanta and we saw it happen with the Rams. You know, they just get in that slump and it's, and it, you just, it's hard to get out of it. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I was just saying, and I was just saying, teams can talk the talk and say, hey, we know we'll put it past us and stuff. And, you know, again, I was thinking about the Saints because there were some of the teams, because after the Minneapolis miracle, they were supposed to flop. And after the no call, they were supposed to flop. But they've come back just fine after all that, you know, even three straight seven to nine seasons. So, I mean, this is a team that that I feel like, you know, they, they back everything up they do, um, you know, when they talk and, and they, they show it on the field. But, again, you're in a situation, a Super Bowl, where you blow that lead and you pretty much have the ring on your finger. It's, 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 you can say all the optimistic things, but, you know, it, it's going to mess with a lot of people's psyche. And, and I think they're in for a little bit more of a challenge than some people would admit in San Francisco. 
And I'm good with that. I'm totally fine with that. Because, you know, like I said, I, I know we have the talent. I want to see this team, you know, get, get to the Super Bowl and get that second ring so that Drew can, you know, retire and, and, and finally get the accolades and, and the respect that he deserves. Because, I mean, he gets it all over, you know, everybody here in Louisiana. We love him and, you know, just respect everything he's done for the team on and off the field. But, I mean, he deserves that second ring. There isn't many players can sit there and say that, you know, the records that he's broke, just the things that he's done, and it's he doesn't get that respect. He's not up there you know like I said anytime you're gonna sit there and talk about Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees when you look at the numbers it just it blows my mind you know but like you said it's not about how you start a season it's how you finish I mean we can remember the Giants years ago when they came in you know as a wild card and nobody gave them a shot Mm -hmm. over the Patriots and they won and I mean that was that actually is one of one of my like top three Super Bowls I ever watched because I was like man I was like if they could just pull this off I need to see somebody knock them off that pedestal and it happened and it was just it was it was just great because you know you want to root for the underdog and I feel like even though we have a great team and have had a great team consistently the last couple of years, we are the underdog because every year they talk about us like, well, what, you know, look what happened with the Saints last season. Can they get over that hurdle? It's like, man, we've already proved it. We've got fight and fire. We've done it. You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, this is going to be the third season. Y'all going to sit there and talk about it. It's like, man, just go talk about Gronk and, and Brady and what's going to happen in, in Tampa Bay. You know, that's how I feel. Like, just, you know, stay off of us. Let us go under the radar, do our thing. And, you know, hopefully we'll see you in February. Exactly. Yeah. And look, I mean, again, when the dust settles, you know, again, I don't, I don't doubt what this team can do in the regular season. Um, I don't expect anything to go crazy, but you know, they have just got to find a way in the postseason to put it all together. I mean, you know, they found a way to lose almost in heartbreaking fashion in every single round now. I mean, you know, wild card and divisional round against Minnesota, the, the championship game against the Rams. I mean, you know, and again, some of it's not their fault. Some of it's just fluke. But, you know, it's, um, it's, it's time to where, you know, you get in the playoffs. Again, it's one and done. You got to change the mentality. What you did in the regular season doesn't matter because it's all fresh slate and the teams that are the hungriest then and the teams that, that really want to make the push are going to win and they're going to do the extra things. So, you know, it's a, it's a shame how things work out and injuries are part of game. You don't want to hang up on stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's – it's it's just a team that we got to make sure and, and see that they're going to to really put it all together this year. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I have faith in them. You know, I, I, we say that every year, but I, I, I really want this to happen this year. Cause I know, like I said, the clock's ticking, you know, and it's going to be a very sad day when Drew Brees retires. It really is, it, you know, cause we, we have somebody here that's just, you know, literally turned this franchise around and, you know, just did so much for us and you know it's gonna be interesting to see like you know wh- where do we go from there you know because we have a lot of talent on the team outside of Drew you know I mean my, my, Michael Thomas is like one of the best receivers that we'll ever have you know and he he's so he's young and he's still learning and he's getting better still you know every yeah. season and depending on what happens with Kamara and his contract you know we re- let's just say we resign him he's young and he's learning every single day and I mean he's you know he's only going to get better so I mean this team is is built to to last for seasons even outside of that but it's just when you have that you know franchise gem of a quarterback you just you hate to see that day when when it happens and we know it's coming so you know let's get it now while we can and you know we'll just worry about it tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> exactly so, yeah but i mean I, it's it's avengers for me it's like whatever it takes right that's, yep, that's kinda... exactly whatever it takes 
you and I both Marvel fans. So <laughs> for yep. you, for, for, for those out there listening, <laughs> may not know, but yeah, whatever it takes. That, that was the, the motto from Endgame this year. So but I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on and joining me tonight. You know, I just, I always enjoy talking to you and I love your articles. And like I said, it, you know, I, I feel like you are one of those, those few out there that just really keep it real and down the earth. And, you know, I always, whenever you put something out, I always look forward to reading it because it's like, it's not a fluff piece. And I hate to use that term, but it's true. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I appreciate that. And look, you know, I, again, I'll say that, uh, again, I, I know that I would not be here without the support of people like you and, and fans that are around there. And, you know, again, you're not going to always win everybody over. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, right? And you're always going to have the haters and the doubters and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, that's kind of a motivating factor. And, you know, look, again, I'm human. I'm not going to get everything right. I might not do everything, you know, uh, first or anything like that, but you know, I'm going to work hard to perfect what I do. And, you know, you get genuine article with me. And, and the thing is, you know, a lot of these, these, these people, and again, we're not going to get into specifics, but um, you know, you should be able to approach people that work in sports media, you know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. what I mean by that is you should be able to have a conversation, a dialogue, you know what I mean? And, and so I think that's one of the things that have helped me a lot is that, Hey, you know, you might not agree with the opinion that I have and that's fine because we can talk about it and I'm not going to sit here and say, well, let me just block you or say, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Type thing. So I think that goes a long way for, for anybody, but you know, I, I appreciate, you know, the, any support all support and continued support and you know i'm only feel like i'm scratching the surface here and you know i'm trying to work hard to get get on the, the level of some of the elite guys that are do this and day in and day out and so that's where i'm working to get better at yeah and i've always said that if you work hard and you're passionate about something it's gonna come it, it doesn't always come when you want it to but it, it will that you know those doors will open so again we thank you so much for coming on and you know to all our listeners uh hit us up on twitter i am tina adino the girl and john you can give them your twitter handle so they can uh hit you up with a follow and 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 see some of that great work that i've been seeing the last couple of years awesome yeah i appreciate that it's john j hendrix at john j hendrix it's hendrix just like jimmy so again no relation but you know i get asked i don't know how many times but uh, i joke about it so tell people that hey you know if i was related i'd be collecting some royalties and probably doing <laughs> something else in life but that's just not where the cards are no and you wouldn't be as happy either <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. So thank y'all again for listening and joining us for this week of Floors Truly. And I hope everybody has a great night. And uh, we'll see y'all on the flip side. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good one. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. 
Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.